The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 15. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that, you, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No one greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father." You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that my Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commandments so that you may love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, We thank you for the gift of love, the love that let your Son go on the cross to bring us to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So obviously today the theme is love. But really every sermon is about love. God's love for us and our love for one another and the love we are called to have for the world because Christ died for us. C.S. Lewis studied the word love and came up with two different types of love. One love is called need love. The other love is called gift love. Need love is self-evident. You listen to any folk song, any country western song, uh, and it talks about the love of needing someone else. It's the most kind, common kind of love in our world. I love you because you meet my needs. Maybe my needs might be self-esteem, and it's that self-esteem is lifted up when I'm with you, or maybe it's simply a need to be loved. Most of us have a need for companionship, and need love is always driven by emptiness. The person in need love is always grasping to reach something from others, other things or other values that fulfills them. C.S. Lewis says, when most of the time when we say, I love you, it's really meaning, I need you, I want you, I want what you value, I want my desires for you, no matter what the consequences are 
to you. C.S. Lewis says the other love is gift love. It's not driven by emptiness, but it's driven by fullness. The goal of gift love is to enrich and enhance the person we love rather than to take something from them. Gift love moves out to bless and increase the other rather than to decrease the other. Gift love is like a bountiful artesian well bubbling out of the ground and overflowing. C.S. Lewis says, that's what God's love is all about. A gift love bubbling out and filling us. So where does love come from? Love comes from God alone. What does love look like? It looks like a man hanging on a cross for us. What does such love require of us? It requires that we move from need love to gift love. To look around at others who are in need of God's love and give it to them, not asking what they can do for us, but remembering what Christ has done for us. Philip Yancey, in his book, writes, Not long ago I received in the mail a postcard from a friend that had six words on it. I am the one Jesus loves. I smiled when I saw the return address, for my strange friend exceeds, excels at pious slogans. And when I called him, he told me that the slogan came from Brennan Manning. And Manning was writing about John in the book of John. And John is identified in the Gospels as the one Jesus loves. And Manning said, If John were to be asked, What is your primary identity in life? He would say, I am not a disciple. I am not an apostle. I am not an evangelist. I am not the author of the four Gospels. Rather, I am the one Jesus loves. I am the one Jesus loves. What would that change in our life if we claimed our identity as I am the one Jesus loves? How would we look different at the end of the day if every time we had a thought, the thought would be, I am the one Jesus loves? What if I could take that phrase, I am the one Jesus loves, and put it into your brain so when you left this worship service, you would think, I am the one Jesus loves? And it would be there, whether you believed in it or not. I am the one Jesus loves. And that is also the source 
of love for the disciples. Sometimes we hear that text that was read, and we think that Jesus is modeling love for us, and we have to do that same kind of love. That's partially true, but the real truth lies in that Jesus is the source of that love, that ever-flowing, bubbling crick that comes out and fills up the disciples, that fills us with living water. Loving one another is not a task, but it's a way of life. I am the one that Jesus loves is a way that we are in community. The other phrase that's important in the text is that the command to love is in the present tense. Keep on loving one another or continue to love one another. It's a way of life. It's a way that we live in fellowship with each other and that God is in fellowship with us. So we have love. I am the one that Jesus loves. We have love. And we have to ask some questions. What does that love cover? Who did Jesus choose? He chose a fisherman, crude, foul-mouthed, impatient, and hot-headed. He chose a tax collector, one who was a swindler. He chose a zealot, one who was in favor of a revolution war. And Jesus chose us. We are the sinners, known to be somewhat less than perfect, known to have all kinds of problems in our life. As someone once said, God elects the rejects. That's God's love for us. So there's a battle, a battle for love. Who will love us? And Jesus has won that victory. He gives love that we might have life abundantly. But along with that love, there is the choice and chance of growing in that love. So there are some skills, some faith items, some discipleship that we need to have in our life. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are given time to practice forgiveness. And if we don't practice forgiveness, sooner or later we will find a reason not to love anyone. We are given through the Holy Spirit the need to nurture kindness and gentleness. Which are that kindness and gentleness, the hard knocks of life, will make us hard-edged and bitter. Through the Holy Spirit, we need to grow in compassion so that our hearts can reach out to those in need, even if we don't necessarily like them. 
We are flawed people. They are flawed people like ourselves. And we struggle in learning about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the one thing that is most important is that we need to be students of God's Word. We need to rehearse the stories of the Bible so Jesus can abide in us. Those great stories, like the parable of the prodigal son, it takes place today many times, many times. And we have people who are running away. And I've come back to their senses and are returning to the Father, hoping, hoping that they will be loved. And we need to be like the shepherd, looking for the one lost sheep, to stick it out with folks who are wandering, looking for the long haul, looking for that faith. We need to be studying the Beatitudes, so that those words echo in our mind and in our prayers, those prayers that Jesus has taught us. We need the words of Jesus, or we will not be in the fellowship of his love. The witness of the early church saw Jesus' resurrection, and they said, this is love. Easter faith energized people who went out with that love story to others, to us. It was a love that made resurrection possible from God the Father. And Jesus' resurrection was not only a miracle, it was divine love that touched our life. Love made the resurrection real. And the resurrection gave love a body beyond death called the risen Lord. Amen.